Hey folks, this is Glenn Mann and welcome to an all new episode of the Man from New York podcast. Now here in New York, we are right at the beginning of what they call restaurant week. It's a big, actually it's two weeks, but it's called restaurant week. And it's sort of an event where people can visit restaurants and get sort of deals and discounts at places where maybe they want to check out, but thought it was too pricey, or maybe a, a place they haven't been to in a long time, and uh, get a chance to go back to. It's one of the really big events in the uh, restaurant industry here in the city. And of course, the restaurant industry is a big part of the fabric of New York, providing jobs, providing sort of, a, sort of the cultural cachet of what it means to be in New York, to live in New York. And the thing about restaurants is that you know, we're so used to it, but at one point, there had to be a first restaurant, right? And I don't know when, like, the first restaurant was. Was it, was it maybe in ancient Babylon, right? Maybe somebody opened up a cafe. Maybe ancient Egypt, right? Maybe someone who worked in Cleopatra's kitchen was like, you know what? I could do this for the regular people. I can make her favorites for the regular Egyptians, you know? Cleopatra's favorite macaroni and cheese. Uh, King Tut's Chopped Barbecue or something like that. But going to a restaurant, especially if you've like, uh, been there before, it, it becomes almost like a second home, right? Especially if it's a place you continuously go to. You have favorite dishes. If there are servers there that you really like, you see them over again. It becomes an, sort of an extension of, of your home, really. But then there's the bad restaurant experiences, which can vary from the food was horrible to the service was bad or the place was just too loud. I hate too loud restaurants. I hate restaurants where you can't even hear yourself chewing your own food, even though I don't want to hear myself chew my food. But if I wanted to hear myself chew my food, I couldn't hear it because the restaurant's too loud. So I don't like places like that. Now, sometimes restaurants or cafes or eateries go to these changes. So a place you a place you really liked, <clears throat> excuse me, a place you really liked is not, you know, what it once was. Like there was a cafe once in Harlem a couple of years ago. I really, really loved the place. It was a cool place, had a cool vibe. Go there and chill. But then uh, I think new ownership took over, new management, and they made some changes to like the seating areas and before it was like little tables and then it became mostly communal tables and I don't like communal tables I just don't I don't like being like subway seat close to a stranger while I'm trying to eat and have a conversation with someone it just does not feel right like if we're going to do that we should at least introduce ourselves to each other and know each other's names or something if we're going to sit that close to each other while we're eating so I just don't like that now, I talk about like a bad meal. Sometimes maybe the meal is great except for one thing. And about 10 years ago, a friend of mine took me to a restaurant here in the city. Uh, it actually was a really pretty well-known restaurant. Of course, like many well-known restaurants, no longer in business. It was around for almost 30, 40 years, but it went out of business a couple of years ago. But she took me to this restaurant. And it was a, the meal was, it was okay meal. It was, you know, all right. But there was 
Now, one part of the meal that was aggravating was it wasn't a communal table, but the seating was very close. And there was these two people sitting next to us who was extremely, extremely loud, which was annoying. But also, whenever I was talking to my friend or she was saying something to me, they were like stopping their conversations, like, I guess, eavesdrop or like listen to what we were saying. It was just really weird. But the most traumatic uh, sort of event of that evening was part of the meal, which was one of the side dishes. That side dish was cornbread. Now, I'm very particular about cornbread. Both my parents are originally from the South. So cornbread is very sacred to me. And this was the worst cornbread I've ever had in my life. It was like eating sawdust. It was like someone had broke up a brick and stuffed it in my mouth. It was absolutely, it was disgusting. And it was, this is like something like if you were like a CIA torturer and you were trying to get information out of a bad guy, you would make them eat this piece of cornbread and they would give up the information. They would tell you where the terrorist lair was or where the bomb builders were at or something like that. They would give up all the information if they had to eat this cornbread. And I say traumatic, I'm being serious here. I'm being like for real because whenever I go to anywhere now and I see cornbread on the menu, I hesitate. Because as soon as I see that cornbread on the menu, I think about this experience. And I know that's like maybe sound crazy, but that's how I really feel about that. Now, I was rereading a book that I got as a Christmas gift a couple years ago about a gentleman who is not very well known, but is an important his part of history. A man named Jeremiah G. Hamilton. He was Wall Street's first black millionaire, and this was in the 1800s. So. And he died in 1875, but at the time of his death, he had amassed a fortune for $2 million. Uh, through trading, through stock sales, through other business deals, some a little nefarious, some a little outside the scope of legality. But this was a big achievement for a black man in the 19th century to be successful on Wall Street. Now, a couple of years ago, it was announced that Don Cheadle had, I think, acquired the rights or had signed a deal to produce and star in a biopic about Jeremiah Hamilton. So I don't know if that's still happening. But speaking of Don Cheadle and Wall Street, Don Cheadle is starring in a new TV show on Showtime called Black uh, Monday, which is sort of a comedy taking place in the 80s which is about the infamous Black Monday event of 1987 when the stock market crashed. Uh, one, of the, one of the worst you know, days in the market's history. I remember being a little kid when that happened. Now, as a kid, uh, you hear stories about the Great Depression and the stock market crash of 1929. And while 1987 was not quite that, still, as a kid, you hear stock market crash, you're thinking, oh, great, now I'm going to have to you know, search the streets for apples, you know, and walk around with a tin can and beg for shillings, um, something like that. So uh, he started in his comedy about Wall Street and finance. Now, I've always been intrigued by the world of Wall Street and the marketplaces. 
Uh, I never really, I always had the sort of a fantasy when I was very young of maybe being a stockbroker, but never really had sort of the aptitude as far as mathematics are concerned. I did once interview for a place which in all likelihood was sort of a scam or a crooked place. It was one of these like off Wall Street stockbroker uh, firms. Uh, it was in Queens. The guy who interviewed me looked like he was a supporting actor or a, an extra on The Sopranos. Uh, I like never got back in touch with them because the vibe did not feel right. And I think the place has sort of disappeared like a couple of months later. Probably because they were running illegal activities. Uh, speaking of Sopranos, there's a Sopranos prequel movie being produced called The Many Saints of Newark. Uh, it's going to take place in New Jersey in the 1960s following uh, characters, some who we've seen before, some we've only heard of before. But uh, the late James Gandolfini, who played Tony Soprano, uh, his son, his real-life son, will be playing a younger version of Tony Soprano in this movie. Also, uh, John Berthal, who many people know from The Walking Dead, plays Shane. Also, people know him as The Punisher on Marvel and Netflix. He will also be in this movie. I just recently watched uh, season two of The Punisher. Oh, man. what! I'm, I think I may have talked about The Punisher's first season in another podcast episode. But what a brutally violent show. And I don't say that as a uh, sort of as an insult or criticism. Uh, it's such a violent show, but the violence is... So emotionally draining to watch it but also you see the characters and how they deal with it that I actually think is a great depiction because sometimes violence in television and movies is kind of too casual and it doesn't really seem to have any impact and I think with Punisher you actually get to see like oh man this is it can be kind of rough to watch now would it be desensitizing if every piece of action television or movies was as violent as the Punisher uh, yes, but I think uh, Punisher sort of has a unique spot as far as uh, portraying this thing. Uh, John Berthold does a great job of playing Frank Castle, the veteran whose family was slaughtered, and he went on this revenge spree, which first started in Daredevil season two, continued in the first season of Punisher, uh, in some ways continues in this second season, but also. There are other storylines happening. There's a lot of really really good actors in this show. And like I say, even if you don't like superhero stuff or comic book related stuff, I think it's a I think you would still like the Punisher because it's so far removed, even though it does take place in the Marvel cinematic universe, especially the T V corner. It exists in the same world as uh, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and Daredevil, but really it was really set in reality as much as possible. And like I said, I, 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 get, I feel pains and winces when I'm watching the show. I'm like, what is going on? How is this even possible? Oh, so actually shout out to, to the Art Lord who sent me a voice message through Anchor about enjoying the podcast, one of the episodes. Uh, where I talked about pop art and Instagram stars. And it's funny that this message came up because in that episode, I was talking about Instagram models. 
And recently, I was going through my Instagram feed, and I was, I was trying to change some of my Instagram feed because I've noticed I've followed too many Instagram models. And I said that before, but I really, really follow too many. And there's nothing wrong with being an Instagram model. It's a noble profession, you know. But I was kind of like, you know, it's just I got to change it up. I got to diversify my feed because, you know, Basically, look, if I've seen your butt more than I've seen my own butt, then, like, but I don't even know you, in real, I don't even know you, then this, this seems kind of strange. So I'm, I'm diversifying my feed, trying to find unique interests in people doing different things. Uh, so I've unfollowed a couple of these sort of Instagram models, ones that have, like, thousands of followers where it doesn't even make a difference. They would never notice. If it was someone who had a couple of thousand, a couple hundred, I wouldn't unfollow them. But someone who has, like, a hundred thousand or you know a million eh, it doesn't really matter they don't it's not going to affect them so i'm sort of weaning myself off the ig model fix for a moment and there were some other things uh happened in the news of course the government shut down continues it's like day was it day 33 or day 34 or anyways days too damn long it's, uh, you know, come on. I don't really get too much into politics on this podcast. But I think it's safe to say this is not a political statement at all to say that this is stupid and dumb. The fact that TSA workers still have to go to work, even though they're not getting paid. And their job is to protect our airports, protect our people. And they're forced to go to work without pay, not knowing they're going to get paid. People who now... They've missed a month of, of paychecks, have mortgages to pay that are not going to be paid, have groceries to buy that can't be bought, uh, have rent to be paid that can't be paid, have children, they, have may, they may need medicine, they may have certain things that need purchasing, health insurance, whatever they're doing. I think that's totally unacceptable. Also, uh, with the workers who are being furloughed, right, they're just sitting at home waiting for some news like waiting for something to happen so they can go back to work and they can get paid now eventually this will end right how much longer would it last i don't know in regular times <clears throat> it wouldn't have lasted this long right it would have been over in you know 10 to 20 days and we would have said oh well, it's finally over but this is, seems like this could have the possibility of lasting damage for many people so I, I just wanted to uh, get, get some uh, words in on that. Uh, thank you for listening to The Man from New York Podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Glenn Price Man, Glenn with two N's, Man with two N's. Uh, even if you're an Instagram model, yes, you can follow me. Um, you can also email me. Uh, the email is podcast at manglenn. That's uh, also, man with two wins, Glenn with two wins. Uh, I'm still on Twitter with the same handle, Instagram, but I'm on the Twitter break because uh, I needed some time off from some of the voices and some of the, sometimes the perpetual craziness and outrage and this and that and sort of the emotional yo-yoing that takes place. And I actually feel better not being on Twitter. So, once again, thank you for listening. Man from New York Podcast.